Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. Two Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. Episode 57 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. That's TRUEFAN15. Get your official TCSF shirts now. Go get them. As always, I'm Big Z, and I'm here with my boy, E-Rock. What up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. They got a couple of different options. You can be a subscriber for as low as 90 nine cents a month help do us out help y'all. us out we love you yes we, we do you. we do it for y'all today's guest is one of chicago's very own a former nfl player who attended fenwick high school and the university of illinois marcus sullivan is our guest today he played offensive line for the buffalo bills the new york giants the new the, the new england patriots as well as the chicago rush a great football conversation with our guy marcus sullivan we'll hear a little from him a little bit later in the show And that's right, Z. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring. Z, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales, technicians, and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech, that's ACSI.tech, and click on Careers to Apply Today. Go get you a job. Do it. Do it now. Uh, everyone's back to work. Uh, why aren't you? Uh, because I got a couple more weeks off. Man. <laughs> don't don't rush me, man. This week we have uh, our boy in the studio with us. Giganto is in the house. What up, G? What's up, Chicago? What's up, everybody? How you doing? We're going to have a great talk this week. We're going to talk about this Crosstown Classic between the uh, AAA Iowa Cubs and the All-Stars well, of the Chicago hold, White Sox. Hold up. Yeah. Most of my team has a AAA team on there, too. Uh, really? Look at all really? the outfielders. Uh, Sheets. Uh, look at your second baseman that you just got, All Star. Uh huh. Okay. No, he's not All Star this year. Back. Eloy coming back. Or Gold Glove. I'm sorry, Gold Glove. There you go. go- Eloy isn't Eloy back. Uh, uh yeah. And uh, Kimbrel and uh, yeah, you got all the All Stars. Don't <laughs> want to hear this mess. What about Sheets and Vaughn and Zobi Zavala and the mm-hmm. whole? Uh huh. And what about Rizzo and Brian? Oh, they're gone. They're gone. That's my point, you knucklehead. (laughs) I swear to God, you Sox fans have been giving me crap all week. It's time, You guys are sore winners. It's terrible. Oh. You are. You are. Show your mouth. Shut your, your mouth. I'm sorry. What did You're you just say? You're just coming off stupid. Oh, but wow. look, look, hey, we're also, we talk about the Cubs. We're also going to talk yes, about the are. war of words between the Cubs' former core players and Cubs president, Jed Hoyer. 
And we're also going to talk about the new Bulls editions and a possible issue with one of our balls. Follow me, please. <laughs> hey, Mike Logic, get it checked out, bro. If it's swollen, you got to get it checked out. Oh, uh, and of course, as always, we got stirring the pot. But first, this is the Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories of the week. Story number one. U.S. and A. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Borat's in the house. The U.S. Olympic team took home the most medals of the 2020 Japan Summer Olympics, including the most gold. I love gold. Wow. The U.S. finished with 39 gold medals and a total of 113 medals. Um, Yeah, we kicked ass. Yeah, I mean, the winner to host a host country, Japan, uh, came out with 39 gold, 41 silver, uh, and 33 bronze for a total of 113. Uh, those three numbers surpassed any other country in any other medal. So, uh, good job, guys. We're number one. We are number one. That's right. USA. <laughs> this included a record seven straight gold for the U.S. women's basketball team. Wow. And a win for the U.S. men's basketball team as well. So, I mean, basketball finally stepping up. Well, I mean, they've been doing good, I think. Uh, They started off rough. They started off rough. But, again, what you're seeing is true and proper NBA talent, top to bottom. They beat France in that championship game who had a lot of NBA players. You had Rudy Gobert. You had Evan Fournier and uh, one one of these other Bald guys, but um, <laughs> but but yeah, this is the team that beat USA in their first in their first uh, match of pool play. So for them to come full circle, um, so Slovenia and Luca tried to give uh, tried to make that their yeah. gold medal game. They they went on to uh, to play in that bronze game, and honestly, I don't I don't know if they won because I didn't care about that once. No. Once the US was in the, in the gold medal game, that's what I was watching. Yep. All right, on the women's side, Deanna Taurasi and Sue Bird. Look at that on first try, bro. Uh-huh. Uh, are now oh, oh, no, five. Bird. No, I'm in Taurasi. <laughs> <laughs> are the five-time Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. One cool thing to note is Javel McGee, who was on the men's team, mm-hmm. and Pamela McGee become the first mother. Uh, son duel in history with Olympic golds. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I didn't know this, but apparently she's actually a really famous basketball player. Yeah. But being someone that's not into to women's basketball, uh, you know, on a on a regular basis, um, it was pretty amazing because she was actually in the um, she's a 2020 uh, 2012 basketball Hall of Famer. Yes, sir. And she's the mother of two professional basketball players. One which I didn't know at yep. all. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, and she came into the league really late in her career. Because the NBA just started, right. Correct. The WNBA had just started at that point, right. So, again, yeah, at the age of 34, she was the second overall pick in 1997 WNBA draft. She mm-hmm. played in the league for two seasons, once with the Sacramento Monarchs and the Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. Again, first time, mother-son. Mm-hmm. Uh did you ever think that JaVale McGee was going to be a gold medal winner in the Olympics? No, no he was a sub. He got subbed into yeah, that. Right, subbed in. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to give a special shout-out to my, oh boy. my track and field. I can't run track or field, but <laughs> I will say I got to give a, a big shout-out because to me, these are, to me these are most exciting events, um, both the men's and women's on the uh, – on the four by four hundred relay for the U.S. took gold in impressive fashion. I mean, they smoked the field. It was there was no shot. But mm-hmm. uh, Jamaica, Team Jamaica, 
and the women smoked everyone else because they won the four by 100 and it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And I, I just say this. I'm glad to see that my people can still run fast as hell because there's nothing else to do. I like I like how you wrote, wrote in there Jamaican women and smoked everyone. Yeah. Uh, there's no anyone. No pun. No, no pun there. No. 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 Hey, but but check it out. It's um, not a performance enhancing drug, people. It is not. No, it, it's it, not. It, yeah, maybe calm your nerves or you know. Make, yeah, it's make, good for anxiety. Make your podcast better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 hey, but seriously, a special special shout out. To Allison Felix won her record breaking 11th U.S. Olympic medal, surpassing Carl Lewis, who had 10 medals uh, in track and field. Um, she she's been running for years. She's been in at, at all of these Olympics. She's a mom now. She's like I want to say, thirty four, thirty five years old. And she is she. I want to say she did the second leg of the relay. Yeah. And you know the the youth that they have there is really really phenomenal. The one I, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. The one girl um, was from I think Sudan, and her family uh, was a refugee to the United States, and or she was adopted or something. And and she was out there. Uh, and and it's just the way when you think about running. I don't think we really think about the mechanics of it but what they one thing i noticed they were mentioning a lot is their kick and basically how far out do you kick your leg to make sure you can propel yourself forward to get that other leg out in front of you and mm-hmm. we just think about like moving like all right and you see you know yeah. sometimes hey that kid runs funny well work on your kick dude yeah <laughs> hey, even puerto rico won a gold medal in the track that's right that's right and uh camacho quinn camacho, Ca- quinn. camacho quinn whose brother is robert quinn from the bears Look at that. Yeah, and so now one thing about her is that um, a lot of people were upset with some of the National Football League guys saying that Robert Quinn's sister won a gold, and they're like, well, say her name. I mean, like, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, that's right. All right, story number two. Uh-oh. New look bulls. Sometimes I dream. <laughs> he is me. That's a, I'm sorry, right, wrong, wrong guy. Uh, speaking of basketball, NBA free agency started this week, and immediately the Bulls jumped all over it. Yep. The Chicago Bulls announced they signed point guard Lonzo Ball to a four-year, eighty-five million dollar contract. And Mike Logic creamed in his pants. Where are you going? I'm going upstairs. Because I'm going to put my nuts hat on your drum set. Several times. All right. They, they also got DeMar DeRozan in a signing trade with San Antonio that sent favorite fan favorite uh, and Zach Levine's favorite player uh, <laughs> that, that young and draft picks back in return. Uh, here's the thing. Zach Levine can like uh, Thad Young all he wants. He is going to thrive with Lonzo Ball on this team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can go on the banana boat after the season's over. <laughs> Did you guys know that the Clippers were on their way to DeRozan's house when the Bulls signed him? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, hey man, so gotta yeah, be first. So gotta be no first. Consolation prize. The, the Clippers were on the way over there, and uh, he called. He's like, you know what? Uh, don't waste your time, because Mark Eversley showed up at his house before, and he convinced him, "Hey, Chicago's the place to be." So, thank you, yeah. thank you. Do that basketball. That's right. The <laughs> Rosen signed a three-year, eighty-five million dollar deal. They overpaid a little bit for him, but they got the guy. ESPN ranked ball the ball move as the best value in free agency, but the DeRozan move the worst. Yeah, it's because they overpaid a little bit. And DeRozan just turned 32 on August 7th. So, I mean, and he's a little fine. bit older, he, but it's Lonzo a veteran Ball's presence. only 23. So, right. I mean, you got a guy that can score and, and, I mean, their starting five is looking real nasty right now. It Absolutely. is. The, the issue is now the NBA is investigating potential tampering violations involving the signing trade deals, involving the Bulls acquisition of Lonzo Ball. And at the heart of the deal for uh, at the heat, and the Heat's deal for Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. That's right. Two for two. Wow. The probe will investigate the illegal contact among teams and players ahead of the opening of the free agency on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern. 
per the report, team executives, agents, and players involved have been notified of the investigation. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, what? Uh, you're going to tell me that LeBron hasn't been recruiting players for the past 15 bro. years? Man, bro. get the hell out of here. This is nonsense. Why the Bulls finally get the a NBA doesn't players. want the Bulls to be good? What the hell is this? I Basically. mean, weren't the Bulls the ones that made you so like popular in the first place? The right. Hell? They're like, oh, exactly. no, LeBron's got a good team now. Oh, the Bulls can't have a good team. What? Yep, the, well, exactly. no, hold, hold, hold up. The LeBron's team looks like the expendable seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened here? They're like, they literally, it looks like a, well, it looked like Uncle Drew put this team together. Yep. What the yeah. hell? Uh, this is ridiculous. Well, LeBron's going to play 40 to 50 games. He's not playing the whole season. So he's got a, a bunch of guys that can play the I rest mean, of the he's, season. He's getting older, but I mean, don't, that doesn't mean you got to surround yourself with a bunch of other geriatrics. He's mixing matching. That's all mm-hmm. he's doing. Mm-mm. Story number three, the passing of a legend. Yeah. A legendary Florida State University football coach, Bobby Bowden, passed away last weekend at the age of 91. Bowden started his coaching career back in 1954 as an assistant at Stanford, and he was the head coach at FSU from 1976 to 2009. So the amazing thing about all this is the fact that you made it through Diana Taurasi, but you can't say Bobby Bowden? It's Bowden. No, it's Bowden. It's always been Bowden. He's from the South, bro. <laughs> I don't speak South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Bowden, man. What's wrong it, with you? This dude coached for 150. Bowden. It, you, it, he coached for 157 years. You I don't, don't know follow college name? football, ah, man. Ah, boo. All right. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jesus. All right. He won a national championship in 1999. <laughs> I didn't care about college football in 1999. <laughs> you were going into college in 1999, sir. I didn't play college football. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't that the last year they made it on, on EA? I, I don't know. Probably. No, no, it went for a little bit longer. It was like 97, right? 97, 98. The NCAA? Yeah. yeah, that's the last year they made it. Yeah. That's that they made the game? Yeah. No, they made because it. Because of the Madden contract. But for but I but I know they, they made NCAA games in the 2000s. Not EA? Not EA. Oh, not maybe, EA. Not, maybe EA. not EA. No. EA didn't make anything. Oh, well. All right, he was on pace with Joe Paterno for the most wins of all time until the team was ordered to vacate wins from 06 and 07 due to illegal, uh, ineligible players being on the team. You know, coaches try to cheat. Uh-huh. All right. His coaching tree includes guys like Clemson's head coach, Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Dabo. Oh, God. This is terrible. <laughs> and his sons, Terry Bowden. <laughs> Tommy Bowden. And Jeff Bowden. It's Bowden. <laughs> it's spelled Bowden. It's Bobby Bowden. <laughs> What else? Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace, sir. All right, lastly, let's end this with great news, especially locally. Finally today, former Chicago Bears Super Bowl winning offensive tackle Jimbo Kermit finally got his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. He was initially part of the 2020 Hall of Fame cast along with Steelers. Oh, it's Troy uh, Palomaro. <laughs> I'm gonna hold, on, hold on. Did you not watch NFL in the last ten years either? No, no. no I know. He's the, he's the guy from the the shampoo. Troy. I know. Troy. I'm a little dyslexic. What you, you want me to do? It's not Tory. I'm a little dyslexic. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts running back Edrin James, Denver Broncos safety Steve Atwater, Los Angeles and St. Louis Rams wide receiver Isaac. The Bruce and Seattle Seahawks and Minnesota Viking offensive guard Steve Hutchinson. Hutch. Yeah. Jimbo shared a great little story about being on the road with Walter Payton during his, his, induction, uh, his induction speech. Let's hear that right now. Everyone had single rooms, everybody had to room together. 
But Walter had a single room, of course. He was the only one. Matt and I roomed together. And his room was always next to ours. And when it was a big game, every once in a while, that door would fly open, and he would run in there and jump right on top of me, right? And he'd lean down. You know, he had that voice like Michael Jackson, you know? <laughs> and he said, good morning, sunshine. <laughs> Time to kick some ass. <laughs> Yeah, he was the best. I wish he was here with us. Yeah, well, so, yeah. so do we. So do we. I mean, yeah, I miss him a lot. We miss that guy a lot. All right. Yeah, these are these are great to hear because we we know about like what they're gonna say about their time on the field, their teammates. It's all kind of you know a generic response most of the time. But like to hear the little behind the scenes stories, that's that's the magic right there. Those yeah. are the best. That's right. That's the good stuff. All right, y'all. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z and, yeah, yeah. and Jack Cantor. That's right. Oh. Yeah. It <laughs> is time to touch bases with our baseball teams. This is three up and three down. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three strikes. You're out. Yo, E, what's going on with the Triple uh, A Iowa South Bend Cubbies? Uh, I don't know about them, but I will tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you about these. It wasn't uh, a shot. That's what was written on the outline, okay? That wasn't me. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, that's uh, right. Does so, it hurt any less? <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the uh, the AAA Cubs, and I am going to talk about a lot of the players that they were traded for. Okay. The Cubs front office is under fire after comments from both Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant. That's what happens when you have a fire sale. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot of lot of things that happened there. But Rizzo and Cubs president Jed Hoyer had a war of words, and uh, it went straight through the media. They weren't talking to each other. Okay? No, they, they went on the radio and talked about it. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. So Chicago's president of baseball operations said he couldn't understand why Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Javier Baez did not sign new deals when, quote, Every one of these guys would say they wanted to stay in Chicago. We wanted to be a Cub. But then when we'd sit down and do negotiations, that wasn't really how they acted. Because you lowballed them. Mm. Let's be honest here. Okay, so there's been reports of a $200 million offer to Chris Bryant a couple years ago, a $180 million offer to Javi Baez two springs ago, and the $70 million offer that Anthony Rizzo before this season and it was turned down as far as we know. That's what mm-hmm, we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But Brian uh, uh, reportedly denied that he ever turned uh, turned down a deal well north of $200 million. Right. So, so you, you here's, the, here's the thing work. that as an agent, you're, you're pretty much kind of like an attorney, right? Mm-hmm. The Cubs are going to come to him and say, hey, we're going to offer Chris Bryant this. You're obligated as an agent to report that to your player. That's right. your obligation. Because he's going to say yay or nay. Now, he does have one of the biggest agents out there, right? Yep. Yeah. He's got Boris. 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 The man in, in, in sports agency. So can there be like a, a, maybe an issue of communication? Because he would be like, I'm not, my, my, my uh, player is not going to take less than 250 So don't offer nothing. So 
you know, it, a lot of Cubs fans, we talked about this last week with uh, Coach E. Solstar, and a lot of uh, Cubs fans really considered that the heart and soul of the team was ripped out. And, you know, Jed did say something about those contract extensions. Mm-hmm. And he said, that will probably be my greatest source of frustration from this era. I put my head on the pillow every night knowing we put our best foot forward. The extensions we offered these guys will hold up exceptionally well against the open market. Okay. We talked about Javi and all the other shortstop choices that are going to be there for free agency, which are, who are really good, right? The problem is, is that what is what is uh, KB really going to get? Is someone really going to give him a huge contract like that? He's going to be 29 years old. Rizzo was 32 with back problems, okay? Okay, KB can still get a big contract because he's versatile. He can play, the, uh, you know, if he goes to American League, he can be all over the outfield, mm-hmm. all over the infield because he already plays shortstop. Right. He played. He played. Yeah, stop, he stop. played. He, he, played, not, he, he can play shortstop. I'm not saying he's a shortstop, but he can play shortstop. He's a corner. He's in a, a pitch. corner infielder or yes. an outfielder. Okay, yeah, we are. and he can also DH. Yeah, 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 definitely. So um, Rizzo actually came on cap and hoodie. He used to come on once a week, right? And when he was with the Cubs, and he joined them last week to talk about Hoyer's comments. And Rizzo said, I'm kind of confused on why, like, why would you say that? It sounds like a bad breakup. And the person saying they're fine when they're really not fine. We all know what that means. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine. What's going on? It's over. Is yeah. it because we were bad? What can we do to fix it? Please don't cry like that. Please don't, Brennan. Uh, Rizzo went on to say, listen, when it comes to the guys on our team and what we did, Gold gloves, silver sluggers, MVPs, rookies of the year, good people. Those things cost money. That's true. I know it comes down to a business, and when you want your cake and you want to eat it too, that's kind of how it seemed. Okay. He also said, I think it can speak for itself that there is a common denominator that no one signed. (laughs) Whoever wants to dig into that, they can. I just think we had such great memories here for Hoyer to come out and say that. It doesn't really make sense, but hey, that's what it is. All right. It sounds like it sounds like sour grapes from from the uh, the administration side, from from the front office. Absolutely. They're like, oh, we lowballed you. Essentially, what what happened? And no one took the lowball. I'll tell you this. I'll call it a low ball when we see what the actual contract. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to see and that. That's what I'm saying is because to pay Javi a, a ass load of money like that, when you know that Carlos Correa is going to be out there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like Carlos Correa is a better offensive player. Correct. Defensively, he's probably right below Javi. Yeah. But offensively, he's miles ahead of Javi. Yes, he is. And a lot of a lot of fans are out there bitching about uh, Jason Hayward's contract hampering the Cubs. And I'll tell you what. Uh, this And this is from uh, Wilbon. I, I, t- I listened to him when he was talking about yeah. this situation. And the problem is, is that we talk about, uh, fans want to talk about, oh, he's overpaid, he's this and that. And you know why? Because we only expect that that money is going to be paid out towards offensive production. No one wants to put a price tag on defense. And right. that's the problem is that, that is. you guys don't understand that there is a value to defensive production. There's a value to leadership on your team. Just because the guy's not hitting you know, a bunch of home runs. He's saving runs, right? But no one wants to hear that. No one wants to hear about defense unless no, it's the they NFL. Because they want the, uh, the all the flashy stuff. They are- and then, he, I mean, but that's the same argument we had with Javi. Yeah, he swings for defenses, but look at that glove. So he's- why does Hayward not get that same respect? Yep. And he's got a great gun on him. He can run down that ball. He's got great vision. And I mean, he, now he's slowing down. He if is. you look, if you look at the numbers, he is slowing down. But those big contracts never live up at the end. You know that. And and he, and you got. 
what you paid him for, what you wanted. What did you get? A World Series, you got right? A World Series. So he's earned the money. That's what I'm saying. He's is fine with it. You and I just I don't understand. People want to sit here and bitch and moan about the the ownership and the the front office. This same ownership and front office brought you a world championship that you hadn't seen in 108 years. Yeah. Okay. A different administration, though. A different administration. Now. A little bit. A little. Well, a little it is. Bit. It's all from the. It's all from the Theo tree. It's not like it's someone different. Who Who do you think taught him all that stuff? It doesn't mean he's going to do it right, though, right? Look, man. Look, KB came out and he said the last time that he and the Cubs had extension talks was the spring after the World Series. So we're there talking about go. what 2017. There you go. And you know, KB has always been very respectful of the Cubs and the organization, but he does feel like he was slighted on his way out of Chicago. He was slighted on his way up to Chicago. With that extra year, how is it? I mean, is that really sliding you? No, he feels that way. I'm oh. not saying he, as a, as hey. an organization, I would have done the same thing. Hey. He feels like that. This is I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I, what my dad tells me: tough titties, okay, <laughs> tough crap. I don't care. You are part of an organization. You haven't made it to the bigs. You have not. You haven't proven yourself in the major leagues yet. The the team can do whatever they like with you, and if they um, think, I understand and, that. and not to mention the fact that what that does is that it that tells you they're putting additional value on you because they don't want to lose you. They want to have you for that for extra, extra year. year. Okay, yeah. they want you to be around. Yeah. Wherever the numbers disconnected, wherever it came to losses of biblical proportions or whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. I want to see what the numbers are, what these guys are going to make after the season, who is going to sign who to what contract. My hope was that one of these guys would be able to come back to the Doesn't to the, sound to the like pubs. it anymore. But at this point, it sounds like a broken relationship. Oh, yeah. So, KB, what what his exact quote was, I kind of felt like it was always out there like, hey, we're constantly trying to get an extension done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that didn't happen. There were conversations after 2016, and then after that, it was like nothing. I was always open to hearing, and I've always said that. But there was just... There wasn't anything after that. And at the end of the day, like Jed said, he puts his head on the pillow at night. And, you know, I know that I gave it all and I was willing to listen to anything. And at the end of the day, we had conversations after 2016 and that was it. So that's where I'm at. And like I keep saying, there's no hard feelings. I've had a great, unbelievable career there, memories. And, you know, I just look back and I think it's just some of the most happiest moments of my life. And nothing can change that. I mean, he had a good career. He's fine. He's doing the right thing. He's like, I'm happy. I'm moving on. The Cubs did him a favor and shipping him to a contender. Right. And th- and that's, to all the guys. And that's all of them. That's one of the things that I stressed on uh, last week was that be happy that, number one, you got your memories with this team. Mm-hmm. Number two, that the Cubs at least sent these guys to organizations where they can be on competitive teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rizzo goes to the Yanks, has unbelievable start to his Yankees the career. The Yankees have won seven straight or something like how that. Is that. How is that going to continue? But. One funny thing about Rizzo. There you go. Yeah, Rizzo ended up getting COVID. He got tested positive. <laughs> well, for COVID. COVID's been rumpy, r- running rampant in the Yankees dugout for a while now. Yeah, but he also refused the vaccination. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Straight <laughs> shoulder shrug. Sorry, so, bro. So, so cancer survivor Anthony yes. Rizzo refuses the vaccine mm-hmm. and then gets COVID. Yep. Sorry, man. I, I look. I, I love. I love Riz, but I mean that's stupid. That's a little bit of irony there. We we, we yeah. talked about it, but let, let me tell you. A lot of what we're hearing from the Cubs front office sounds mm-hmm. like total bullshit. Yeah, call it. Okay, I mean, because I, th- I feel like I trust the players and what they're going to say more than the organization. Why do they need to lie? The players have no reason to lie. And they're not on the team anymore. They're, right. They're, That's they're what I'm saying. Them. They're already gone. Yeah, they're in greener pastures right now. There's no reason to lie about it. Like, all right, you know what? You wouldn't give me what I wanted. Let me go somewhere where I can do my thing. And that's that. Right. You know what I mean? And, and 
like I said, I've already seen KB say he's open to staying with the Giants. Yeah. You know Why wouldn't I mean? you? I don't know where. It's a winning I, organization. Honestly, I think your KB going to the Giants is 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 a smart move for him. It's and a blessing in disguise. Again, he's going to have to face the Dodgers, who just completely loaded up again, getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, and ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Over yeah, there. And Mickey, they hired Mickey Mouse too. <laughs> <laughs> they got everybody, bro. And Donald Trump. I, they, they, that dug up Walt Disney out of his grave. Well, they got the, they got uh, they got Turner and the rest of the, the seven dwarfs. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's bad. Yeah, but, but they're still five games up. The Dodgers still five games up. Look, I, I mean, I, I already said that I think Dodgers is going to run it back. That's my pick for the World Series. I, I, honestly, like like we were saying before, they only got that 60-game season, so I kind of like, yeah. yeah. but they got cheated out of one with the Astros. Yeah, but I don't care about that. Yeah, like that that's, it and, and that's the thing is that, you know, it's wild is that at Dodgers games, when they played the Astros, they're still giving them a hard time. And instead of celebrating the World Series you just you just won, you're still salty about a World Series you, you didn't win a couple years ago. Yeah, you just won. So what are you still bitching? about well it was the first time that the astros were in la since they lost uh that's what i think about that shove it up your butt. all they gotta do is run it back this year and prove to everybody uh, they have proof they have a tons of injury just that, like the white Sox, though that's like i said about a brave i'm glad he won the mvp in a 60 game season show me something in a full season mm -hmm. It's different. Back it up. It's a whole different animal, man. Speaking of Abreu. Oh, boy. What's going on on the South Side? Tim Anderson leading it off. First pitch swing and a drive out into right. Well hit. It's going to go. One pitch, one run. Sox lead, one zip. One out, one in, one on for the left fielder, Aloy Jimenez. A swing and a drive well hit out to center field. Ortega's back, still in chase mode, and he looks up and it's gone. 3 nothing, White Sox. Thanks, Cubs. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. Let's go, 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 White Sox. We're with you all away. All right, so I'm going to start off with a controversial topic right now with the White Sox, and this is kind of a former White Sox thing. So, content warning, this story contains detail of an alleged sexual assault uh, harassment. So, you've been warned. Mm. Omar Vizcal is accused of sexually harassing a former Bat Boy with the Barons. So, mm. the minor league team for the White Sox. A former Bat Boy with the Birmingham Barons is suing the former manager, Omar Vizcal, for alleged sexual harassment, according to Kate Strang. And James Fegan of the Athletic. Boom! Got both of those right. <laughs> maybe not the maybe not the right story to brag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll toot my own horn. The Bat Boy worked for the Barons, the AA affiliate of the White Sox in 2019. Vizcal was a team's manager during the 2019 season. In the lawsuit, the Bat Boy alleges that Vizcal repeatedly exposed his erect penis to him and forced him to wash his back in the shower. The Bat Boy, who is autistic, Ooh. believes that he was targeted for sexual harassment because of the disability. That's rough. That's, that's so this is all allegations. We don't know what's true, but the White Sox did cut ties with him. Um prior to all this when he had a uh, another allegation of domestic abuse so this this makes me think about the situation going on with the blackhawks mm -hmm. um there we we still haven't seen the fire from that smoke but right i think it's coming soon it's coming and i'm, I'm wondering um how how far that's going to go as far as who's going to be held accountable for that because it seems like a lot of these uh officials in the front office knew about it and just kind of let it go for a long time right. so um i will say that 
this is disgusting. Yeah. Um, to, to try to take advantage of anyone uh, specifically because of a disability right. is, is even worse. Oh, yeah. Um, but they did the right thing by cutting ties with Viscal. And the interesting thing that's going to be is what happens to him now. Mm-hmm. Now we know what happened. Why, why was he gone? Yes, we know there was allegations, but... Sometimes, you know, we look at all the players that are still able to stick around in, in professional sports that have had domestic abuse allegations. This is a whole different ballgame. Well, we got a guy in, in Los Angeles. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, whole, it's a whole new ballgame. And, uh, you know, if this is all true, um, I hope he gets what he deserves because this is, this, is, this is disgusting. Exactly. All right, let's move on to... Greener pastures. Look mm. at that. Look at that. Oh, All right. The Chicago White Sox, Lou Bob, Luis Robert, is expected to rejoin the White Sox this week. So by the time you guys listen to this episode, he's already been playing. So we're recording on Sunday. He's supposed to be back on Monday. This is per Jared Willis of the Chicago Sun-Times. The outfielder has been out since May after suffering a grade three strain of his right hip flexor tendon. Been there, done that. Not fun at all. Mm -mm. Uh, Between Robert Jimenez, Goodwin, Sheets, and Angle, the team will be uh, uh, spoiled for choices in the outfield. So it's going to be spoiled for riches. Oh, okay. So so now we have some outfielders. outfielders. Yeah, all, all year we had nothing. Yeah, trying to get a new team, new outfielders. Well, basically, and, and hey, well, it's another addition. It's just like you know, if we picked up somebody at the what, deadline. What I've what have I been saying for months? For three months, free free agents. Yep, free yep. for free, free free. Right, exactly. So right now, the White Sox stand ten and a half games ahead of the Cleveland Guardians. So. Damn. Are they going to take their their foot off the pedal? I mean, I, I hope not. That's a problem I, that I've been talking to you about. That I think part of it is you got to see what's going on with Keiko because he's been kind of, mm-hmm. you know, not not, not there. Yeah, you got to make sure that Cease is ready to start. Cease had a great outing last one. You know. He's actually pitching today. So I mean, that's that's the thing is that you got to make sure that your rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that your rotation is ready for the playoffs. I think that's the most important thing because as much as we love the offense that the Chicago White Sox can provide, especially with these young hitters that have been going out there and crushing the ball, a guy like Goodwin who was a cast off of a couple of different teams. And he's been coming clutch. A guy like Billy Hamilton who was a cast off from a Another couple of teams. Another clutch guy. A guy like Carlos Rodon who was a cast off of the White Sox. And he's been clutch all so year. those are the guys you're going to have to rely on mm-hmm. because, yes, you're, you know what you expect from your stars, but, again, we've seen it with – the White Sox in last year, uh, mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs, with the Chicago Cubs last year in the playoffs. Sometimes your stars don't shine, right? And you need some of these guys that are able to step in and and make an impact. But that's going to start with your pitching. The back end of your bullpen is set. You guys Six, are good. Seven, eight, and I nine mean, is is locked down. It's gross. It's disgusting. disgusting. You you want to talk about the spoils of the riches or wherever the hell it is? Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Oh you yeah. I mean, so that's the thing is that you guys are going to have to rely on that pitching, but you need that rotation to get you to that bullpen. Yeah, and last 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 outing for for the top three guys, it, it was bad. Everybody had a clunker. Right. Uh, Rodon had kind of a dead arm. And then last Sunday we did a bullpen day, so that because we knew Monday was the day off, day off, so they had an extra day or two off. Right. And Rodon had like eleven strikeouts yesterday the other day. So yeah, and you sometimes these guys need that extra rate, uh, rest, and that's what you're talking about with Keiko. Maybe he needs to skip a start. Well, you got to remember Keiko's not like a real young guy either. I mean, no. he's been around for a while, but the thing is, is that he's. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the only guys on the team that has any World Series experience and has that actual uh, the pedigree, the pedigree yeah. for the playoffs. You know, well, uh, Kimbrough, 
Kimbrough, yes, Kimbrough, but I mean, like, you know, I'm talking about starters that yeah, yeah. are going to have to carry you. you oh, know yeah. I mean, like well, that. And, and we all know that once it comes to the actual playoffs, like, the your rotation and your pitching staff goes guys. out the window anyway. It's three guys. So, you know what I mean? Like, when you can get a guy like Kopech or, or your boy, the Crotch Rocket, in mm -hmm. there and, like, these spot situations and sit there and just blow people away and yeah. have no idea what's coming. Right. Store the next story right here. The White Sox <laughs> to switch it up there. The the White Sox have uh, the dog days of summer coming up and a bit of a difficult schedule here. Uh -huh. The White Sox will start with Minnesota after playing the Cubs in a three game series, and uh, it's a home game. Then have a home game series against the Yank and Yankees, and this is gonna be awesome because that is the game of uh, Dream Dream of Fields. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah, again, I'm dyslexic. So hey. That's, that's cheers. Cheers to being less dexic. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the White Sox uh, will play the Yanks, the Athletics, the Rays, the Blue Jays, and capping a month off against the Iowa Cubs at home. Easy. I, I, know, I put that one in. Oh, yeah, I did. oh shocking, shocking. Yeah. No, I, I read it the first time the way you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's it's time to step on the gas and go. It, it's time to put an end of the uh, to this division already. Right, the pitching has carried them all year, mm -hmm. all year. All these injuries of all the offensive players have been all out, and the pitching has been there. Everyone will be back. It's time to get rolling, and hopefully they can end it because I mean we've seen in the past they had start off great and then the last couple months they just kind of yeah yeah. So I mean we gotta get the momentum and keep it going. I, honestly, I think with the additions they made to the bullpen, they are poised to go on a World Series run. Yes. They might be a little bit early when we think about the youth of this, mm -hmm. of this team, but you also have a lot of veterans on this team that should be able to, at the very least, provide some leadership. Okay? Abreu should yeah. be key because that is your team leader. Keiko, even though he didn't start out as a White Sox player, he should be a key to helping your pitching staff understand what it takes to be a World Series champion. Right. So these are important. Kimbrel, you know what I mean? So and these are important guys that you have added to your team over the years, and they have to be your leaders. Yeah. On, on a side note to all the leaders, a shout out to TLR, who Woo! has, yes, everybody who was bitching and moaning, including myself, uh -huh. about the hire. What, what can you say now? He had a bunch of guys that were cast-offs, and look where they're at now. I mean... That's coaching. That is... That is um, let's not discount the fact that you do have a lot of all-stars around him, okay, around these players. Okay, Yuan Moncada, Tim Anderson, mm -hmm. Brayu. Uh, but then you look at what your catcher has been doing. You know, Telly Savalas has been doing a great job. And, you know, I ain't seen him since the 70s. So, <laughs> congrats. Yeah, I said it when the season started. Larusa is a damn good coach. He may be old as hell, but he's got the experience. He's and he's, and he's putting, yeah, I would hear on I read on Twitter all the time. Why is this guy in the lineup? And why is that guy in the lineup? Like, why is Goodwin in center field? Like, Trust the process. Trust the process. Yeah. Well, not not the Philadelphia process, the Chicago <laughs> process, because that Philadelphia thing had failed. <laughs> All right, lastly, with the White Sox, the first time a Major League Baseball game will take place in the state of Iowa. Yep. The, the Field of Dreams. Yeah, there you go. So this Thursday, when you guys listen to this episode, that night the Chicago White Sox will host the New York Yankees at newly constructed Park West of the movie Diamond. Yeah, I read that right. All right, cool. Uh, the decade, <laughs> a decade okay. of. Well, I wasn't oh, sure. Oh, I, yeah, I see, it. it doesn't make yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, it's structured weird. Yeah, it's structured weird. A decade of discussion, two years of construction, and a one-year postponement will 
turn aspirations into reality. What was the original Field of Dreams game supposed to be last year? It was these two teams last year. I, yeah, wasn't it wasn't it going to be Cubs and White Sox at one point? No, because, no. But, no, the, no, because they were talking. No, there was discussions about it because remember last year they were talking about realigning divisions so that it wouldn't be so much travel. There was talk about I want to say Cubs and White Sox or, I, or two different teams playing at that. At that uh, it was supposed to be the White Sox, and we're trying to substitute another team. Yeah, that's what the, the discussion and, and was. So, so yeah, because the Yankees would have been would have been out if the game was played, but right. they didn't want to do it. Yeah, and and they did it like they did with uh, and uh, with NHL really is proximity. Yeah, you know, so that there was. Discussions now. No, there was discussion, but the Yankees were like, uh, uh, "We want that game." Right, and and hey, uh, the socks, unis. Uh, I don't like the hats, but the the, the, the jerseys, jerseys are fire. Are They're fire. The Yankees look exactly, exactly like the same. The Yankees uniforms. Good. The hats a little different. That's it. The New York symbols a little bit different. Okay, that's it. Okay, but you know, let's see Yankees. Who cares? Yeah. You know who's well, gonna hey, make hey. a killing at this game though? Rizzo's gonna be there. Yes. Well, maybe if he gets. Well, it depends on COVID, right? Depends depends on on COVID. COVID. No way. He might not be there. Right? He might not play. Yep. What's the protocol? Seven, ten days? Oof. Yeah. yeah. You know who's going to make a killing at this game, though? The Elote Man. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> They're going to be surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's take a pause for the cause and hear word from our sponsors. Oh, well, there's strikes two and three right there. I think I'll perplex him with my slow ball. One, two, three, strikes are out. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. TRUEFAN15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order.
Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is one of Chicago's very own, a former NFL player who attended Fenwick High School and the University of Illinois. He played offensive line for the Bills, the Giants, the Patriots, as well as the Chicago Rush. Marcus Sullivan is our guest today. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show. Now, Marcus, we're just coming off this Crosstown Classic. We know that the White Sox handled business, but first things first, we ask every guest, Cubs or White Sox? Oh, Sox all day. Oh, yes. And the world <laughs> is back to normal, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Oh, man. All day. <laughs> hey, Marcus, where did you grow up? What, what neighborhood did you grow up in? So I grew up in the North Lawndale area. Uh, gotcha. Jesse and okay. I and then uh, we moved to Park when I was 13. Oh, okay. okay. Nice, nice, there nice. Yep. No, that, that's what's up. I mean, it, it exp- I guess it explains it, Yeah, things, I guess, I guess. It explains the loyalty. That's all right. Uh, hey, hey, tell us a little bit about your early days of your playing. You know, like, how how old were you when you started playing football? And, and was it your first uh, sport of choice? So, yeah, I didn't start playing until I was 14 in high school. Okay, um, wow, okay. You know, I... I was pretty well-rounded. I, I did a lot of sports when I was younger. Um, I gravitated more towards basketball when I was younger. Mm. But, uh, you know, I saw the writing on the wall when I got into high school. So, uh, and it turned out I was pretty good at football. So, you know, I just ended <laughs> up uh, you know, pursuing that. And, uh, yeah, it worked out really well for me. Yeah. Did you play any sports in high school? You know what? Uh, football was the uh, well. Th- that's not true. I-, I wrestled for a few years. Okay. Uh, I was on the bowling team for a few years. Hey, oh, that's right. That's me. <laughs> right. Yeah, that really humbles you. You know, when you go from being the best in football to worked on the bowling team. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I really, I, I love the sport. And then I played basketball for a year. Okay. Okay, so when it comes to football, um, I you know obviously I, I I taught high school. I'm still teaching. Well, I'm still teaching, but like when I would teach high school, like you know the coach would bring, he would recruit the biggest guys, and sometimes these biggest guys were were, were soft as a, a teddy bears. Were you a teddy bear or were you an animal at 14? You know what? I, I was just learning the game. Um, you know, I, I don't think the athleticism part was was uh, you know the athleticism was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but as you get older, you realize that you, you know, you can be a, a force on the football field because of your size and and also uh, your athleticism. So, yeah, I mean, when I was 14, you know, I was still learning the game. It was the very first time I've ever played organized football. But I mean, we, you know, we old school, man. I mean, we were, shit, we were playing, uh, you know, outside, you know, and in, uh, in the wintertime when it's snowing the ground, tack- full tackle football. So, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, you know, it, it was uh, the, the physicality part wasn't uh, wasn't absent at all. You know, it's just just learning the game that that's really what I had to kind of get to get up to speed with. Did it feel good being picked first because you were the biggest guy there? <laughs> you no, know, I mean, they, you know how it goes. They picked the fastest guys nah. first. <laughs> yeah, picking out the wide receivers yeah, first, yeah. right? 
I know for, feels, for, man. Yeah. for me when it came to football, it's like, all right, we got a quarterback. You're the big guy. You're going to block for me. And there you go. Boom. Right. right. <laughs> That's yep, a, yep. When, 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 me, uh, when me and uh, Gigantor used nah, to, but good to times, play at – No, but good times uh, back in the day. Yeah. yeah, when we used to play the, the, the pickup games over at Horner Park. I mean, I, I remember playing against uh, <laughs> Gigantor, and you swallowed me up, man. I'm trying to get around there and get oh. a tackle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it is, man. You got to use your use your weight, use your size, and take it to your advantage, right? Yeah. Hey, tell us a little bit about Let your help. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your Fenwick your Fenwick days and how that translated uh, to your career at U of I. My Fenwick days and how it translated to U of I. Um, Fenwick's a great school, you know, academic mm-hmm. school. So, you know, academically, I was prepared to go to college. Um, you know, and also to Fenwick is uh, is is a uh, you know good school just to teach you about life. You know, it's. Um, you know, um, you know, you have to conduct yourself a certain way in Fenwick, you know, so and it, and it translate and translates a lot into the real world, you know, mm-hmm. how to be professional, how to how to uh, and interact and count, you know, interact with different people in different environments. Um, you know, so it, it was it was a really good school for that, you know, so, uh, you know, this, the school taught me a lot. Um, you know, my, my parents sacrificed a lot for me to go to Fenwick. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's not yeah. a huge school to go to, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it paid off in the end. You know, I think I was very well rounded. Um, you know, I was able, I'm able to adapt in a different situations, you know, adapt with diff- different people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have that upbringing. A lot of people just can't adapt in different environments, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a really good for that. And uh, like I said, academically, um, no, I was I was prepared for the for the rigors of the, the academics of Illinois. So, so were, um, were you recruited by a lot of schools, or was U of I your first choice? No, man. I um, I'd say I'd have about eighty five D one offers. Wow, um, wow, you know, By the time I, I, my senior year, yeah, I got offered by everybody. Uh, my my top five was. Um, LSU, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Florida, and UCLA. Wow. And U of I wasn't even in the top five, <laughs> you know, but um, I took a trip down there. My, both my parents went to U of I, so I still okay. wanted to kind of gotcha. check it out. But um, then I went down there and I, I fell in love with it. You know, I got to meet my future teammates and, um, you know, good guys. And ultimately, I wanted my folks to, you know, my family to come through my games on a regular basis because, you know, they did that in high school. And I, I was uh, leaning towards UCLA, but, you know, I know my folks wouldn't be able to get out to uh, L.A. and watch me on a regular mm-hmm. basis. So I, I stayed close to home. Awesome. Did you have any uh, classmates or or? Uh, teammates that followed uh, you to either U of I or were on on a playing field with you? No, our, our free safety slash quarterback. He went to Western Michigan. Um, I, I believe he was. I believe he was the only di- other Division One player um, you know, that we had on our team. Okay. So, um, but we were good. We were a good team. We were twelve and one that year. We went to the state finals against Maine South. Okay. Um, unfortunately, lost in triple overtime, but. Um, you know, it was um, that's an exhausting game. Yeah, yeah, man. We had we had one of the best teams ever at Fenwick High School, so I was I'm proud to say I was a part of that. That's what's, <clears throat> what's up. So when when did you know? You know, when did you know that you had the potential to actually play in the NFL? Probably not to my junior year. You know, it was my third year starting, and uh, you know, I started to get some accolades. I was second team All Big Ten, and um. You know, as a junior, so um, you know, 
folks was talking to me, you know, mm -hmm. let me know I had a good opportunity to I had a good opportunity to even leave early. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm still kind of fighting the debate when you fighting with that myself with that, you know, uh, I, I, I maybe should have went or left early mm. and I maybe would have been a higher draft pick, but it is what it is. You know, I wanted to, you know, uh, play my senior year because uh, we were a good football team. You know, we were on the verge of uh, winning the Big Ten and unfortunately we didn't win the Big Ten my senior year. They they went ahead and won, won, uh, won the Big Ten uh, the year after I left. So I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> But, uh, you know, you always want to play for your teammates. You always want to do a good job and finish what you started. But, um, but yeah, I'd say after my, my junior year is when I really started to, you know, think about the NFL. Okay. Did you think you know, my size, future in the NFL. You think your size was a good, uh, like, indicator of what you can do? Or do you think it might have, you know, you might have thought of it maybe, maybe not offensive line, going to something else? you think that was like a, a pro or con at the time? Oh, pro. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, I, I was the standard size of an NFL offensive lineman. So it was, uh, you know, definitely a benefit to me. So, I mean, you know, some of these guys are 6'8", 6'9", 6'7", you know, a lot bigger than me. So, uh, I, you know, I remember with the Bills, they drafted a right tackle. He was 6'7", you know, mm -hmm. 375 pounds, you know. So, um, definitely guys bigger than me back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's the, that's the standard, <laughs> you, you know, six, five, six, 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 seven, six, eight, over 300 pounds. That's what you need to be to play on that level. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had a Bills fan on our Chicago sports show. I think he knows him. Uh -huh. <laughs> so let, let me ask you a question though. What, what was your first, uh, choice of a team to play for? If you had to pick a team to play for. You know what? I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't really care. You know, I just wanted to be drafted. You know, it, I, obviously, I wanted to be. I, I thought I was going to go to second round of Jacksonville. Okay. Because um, they were talking to me early in the draft. I thought they were going to draft me then. Um, but um, you know, funny thing is, I was actually a Bills fan when I was a kid. Um, obviously, you know, obviously the Bears. You know, eighty-five Bears. Everybody loved the Bears, but. You know, there was a point when they really stunk it up <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, I was looking for a new team, and I came across these uh, Jim Kelly and the, you know, uh, Bruce Smith and uh, yep. the Buffalo Bills kicking butt over there in the 90s. So um, I had my my parents buy me a uh, Bill starter jacket, and I yeah. had the match. But yeah, I was like one of the only Bills fans in the, in the city of Chicago. Well, you know, it, so it was kind of funny that uh, I ended up getting drafted by them. You know, that's something that we did talk about a bit is, is you know, you're typically a fan of your local team unless there's like a superstar player. And like you, you see now, uh, maybe not so much recently, but you saw for a long time younger kids being completely enamored with a player like Steph Curry. And all of a sudden these Warrior fans come out of nowhere. And we're like, wait a minute, where mm -hmm. do they play? And I, I don't know where they play, but uh, wherever Golden State is, is the team I like. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I get it. You're, you're a fan of, of the good team at the time. I, I guess I give you a pass. Well, everybody has a second team. You have a second team, I, so don't, don't no, start judging. I have, a, I have a second team, but he's he's over here talking about his first team was the Bills. I mean, the Bears sucked for like 20 <laughs> years, so I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, I mean, they, they had good, good players, you know, uh, back in the 90s. But, uh, but yeah, it was just funny how that worked out. But yeah, you know, uh, it, yeah, like you said, you know, with kids with Steph Curry and you know, the kids just have so much more access, you know, to information yes, and, yes. and, you know, 
out there. So yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's all over the internet, and you know they're showing him Sports Center twenty four seven, and mm-hmm. they're showing all the time. So of course these kids are going to gravitate towards that. You I, know? I, so I kind of think about it I'll, like I'll, being a New Yorker I'll, and being a Bulls fan in the nineties. Them them kids that would be an astronaut uh, ostracized. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I mean, heck, that's all we knew were the, the Bulls. You know, we didn't have right. access to see other players and teams. All we saw were Bulls games. Right, <laughs> so right. yeah, felt that they were the best team for the you know in the '90s. So yeah, I mean that helped. But you know, you see some of these kids now. You know, they they don't give they don't care about the Bulls. Even when Derrick Rose was there, you know, they right. Oh, we love LeBron. We love so and so. You know, I'm like okay. <laughs> Now, yeah, my my uh, my other sports teams. I'll never my other Chicago sports teams. I'll never waver. You know, the, there, uh, we Sox the, there we go. There we go. I'll never pick anybody over them. I, I, I just uh, <laughs> love it. So, what was your favorite yeah. moment of your NFL career? Um, man, it, it was just it was just a a great ride. Uh, you know, throughout the whole career, but um, I don't know. Um, I'd say I'd say being drafted, man. You know, See, he's, he's, and 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 I, and I was I was I almost put that in there. It says aside from being drafted, because yeah, right. I knew I had a feeling I had a feeling that was going to come up. So I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot again, and and give me another yeah. moment, just something that might have happened, an interaction with a coach, a fan, a, a a game that really stood out during your career. Um. Probably being with the Patriots, man. You know, you you see an organization that that does it right, and okay. you know, you see an organization that, um, you know, wins football games, wins championships. You know, you you see how it's done the right way. It's it's good it's good to be a part of that. Um, nice. But yeah, my first time in the locker room, uh, you know, going to the Patriots. Mm. First guy that came up to me was Tom Brady. You know, to say, Ooh, hey, how you doing? Well, to the team. That really stood out because I mean, I've never really met him before. We played each other in college when he was in Michigan, but obviously, I would. He was on offense, I was on offense, so we never right, interacted. Right. right. Uh, you know, you, you get you, you hear Tom Brady hate all the time, man. Oh, he's he's he probably an asshole. He's <laughs> well, he's complete opposite of that. He, he, he's a guy that had a, a certain amount of talent. And he understood what he needed to do to maximize every ounce of talent that he has. And, you know, that that's admirable, you know, for somebody to, you know, be able to, you know, in, in any walk of life, you're able to maximize the amount of talent God given, has given you. That yeah. That's, you know, you, you have a complete life. And, you know, it's a shame that people hate on that. You know, you that's know, that's yeah. really what's all you do. Just I think maximize you, every ounce. When you think about, like, Tom Brady hate, you know, you kind of understand what it was like to be a fan of the Bulls in the 90s when yeah. you're sitting here watching the greatest of all time and you're sitting here watching Tom Brady. That's that's where the hate comes from. Like, man, I wish that, I wish my team was doing that. And it's like, you know what? At some point when you get to a mount, the top of the mountaintop, somebody's going to try to knock you down. And uh, no one's been able to do that. So I, I think that's the where all the hate comes from. At some point we get tired of the same team winning over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Bulls had that though, man. You know, obviously outside Detroit, they hated on us all the time. But yeah. um, you know, the Bulls were a globally loved team. You yes, know, they people were. really watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls play, and they wanted them to win championships. And so um, it's it's different, especially when like LeBron gets it really bad, you know. And and I, I I'll admit I'm a self-proclaimed LeBron hater, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Join the club. It's him personally. <laughs> Nothing against me. He's a great man. He's done a lot for his community, his yes. family, yeah. and you know. But you know, I, I just hate the fact that he's just destroyed my my Derrick Rose Bull. That's it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything against that man, but um, yeah, you know, I think the Bulls were different, man. You know, who who hates the who hates the Chicago Bulls? But <laughs> you know, the, the thing is too is that Jordan was really the first global superstar in sport, realistically. So I mean, exactly, once we yeah. once we get past him, you're now you're comparing everyone else to him mm-hmm. everyone is he the Michael Jordan of football? You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. kind of what you get, even in baseball, because even it's golf. Such, well, yeah, Tiger Woods, but, he's like he's the Michael Jordan of golf, and well, and that's true. But yeah. he's also you never saw anyone like Tiger, and when no. Jordan came around, you never saw anyone like Jordan before. No. And even in baseball, we talk about who's the base, best baseball player Mike right Trout. now is Mike Trout, but you don't get to see him because it's a very regional sport. Yeah, you know, so there's a big difference. But yeah, I mean that that does make sense though, especially now with all the coverage and, and the and the access that you get to the fans. Hey Marcus, tell yes, us, exactly. Marcus, tell us about the uh, transition from the NFL to to the Arena League to the Chicago Rush. So um, I had an opportunity before that to go to Canada, and I just didn't feel like going far, you know, up to Canada, you know, for for uncertainty. So uh, it, it, it's certainly a big transition from the NFL to, to um, Arena, um, and. It, it, it really didn't suit me just because, um, you know, I, I was offensive lineman, you know, mm-hmm. and my forte was run blocking. And, you know, they didn't do any of that in the Arena League. So no. um, <laughs> I, I look back and I, I look back and, you know, maybe I should have took that opportunity in Canada because that was more suited towards my game. And, okay. um, but yeah, man, it was, you know, Arena is a great opportunity for guys. Um, you know, back then they were making some pretty decent money. So, it was a good opportunity for guys to continue to play the game, make some decent money, and um, you know it, it was it was a good mod business model for for a certain point until you know kind of imploded. But um, <clears throat> it just wasn't for me, you know. It right. just wasn't for me. I just um, you know I I really didn't um, I, I really didn't enjoy um, uh, arena football too much, just personally. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, it worked out for a lot of other guys. You know, Dave, uh, like I had a, a few teammates that, you know, that was their experience playing professional football, and that's great yeah. for them, mm-hmm. you know, and they had good careers. So, you know, uh, my hat's off to those guys, but it just wasn't for me. Did you feel underutilized, basically? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. But um, like I said, the game the, the, the game just didn't match my skill set. That, mm-hmm. That's all. And I, I wasn't in a position to kind of con- conform to, you know, to, to what they were trying to do. So, um, so I yeah, eventually just, just got out of the game and ended up retiring. So before we have any guests on the show, before we put you on, the f- first thing I say is, is there anything you don't want to talk about? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, <laughs> I want you to give us your craziest or funniest locker room story. Oh, <laughs> I, I guess the funniest thing was, um, <laughs> I'm not going to name who it was, but um, <laughs> we, were we were in practice one day in the Orchard, uh, well, we were in Buffalo in the Orchard Park. Uh, police came uh, to, to, to practice one day. They were on the field. They even drove the car on the field. 
And they uh, said, well, we have a warrant out for such and such for missed child support payments. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So the the guy that called out, like, man, I've been paying my child support, you know, going on and off. And then they were like, "Uh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I thought that was man. The guy already had like eight kids. So I guess he was on time with his payments. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's some Sean Kemp area there. Quite a few in that six to eight to ten range, man. So quite a few. So, all right, man. We we talked a little yeah. bit about about your Bears fandom and how that kind of waned because of uh, you know them not being very good. What is your prediction for this current Bears and going into this season? Um, well, I, man, I think it's all on Nagy, honestly. I think they have all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all the pieces they need to win football games. Mm-hmm. It's just what the heck is Nagy going to do with all that? And there's no more excuses for him. He finally has a quarterback. He has two good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they have a Pro Bowl quarterback in Dalton. And they got a, you know, a future star in fields. It's just what the heck is he going to do? Is he going to let, um, is he gonna let Bill Lazor the Bill Lazor's the offense coordinator? Right. If he's gonna let him do his job and not try to <laughs> micromanage the offense, and you know the defense is gonna be fine. You know they, they the defense is gonna be more than fine. So it's 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 it's, it's all on Nagy right now, man. So you know, hopefully he can uh, you know can control all this the, the pieces. So being an offensive line guy, can you tell when Laser calls a play and when Nagy calls a play? Mm. Um, me personally, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess in certain situations, um, you can definitely tell. You know, when Mitch was in there, mm-hmm. you can you can so so you. I don't know if you're going to be able to tell now because, um, you know, I, I would think just because Nagy has his quarterbacks now, he's going to be more involved in the play process. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can tell when Nagy was trying to take over in the laser because laser was. Laser was uh, was giving Mitch plays that he can thrive with. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't they wasn't expecting him to make the the the, the 30, 40 yard laser throw between uh, triple coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, he was trying to make get him more on the move, get him more comfortable outside of the pocket. But I mean, you know, Nagy comes from KC, you know, and he <laughs> wanted to, you know, get uh, a Mahomes type guy, and he's got something like that in Justin Fields now, so. You know, we'll see. We'll see if it works. We'll, we, you know, I, I hope it does. I, you know, um, I certainly want to see the Bears, you know, get to a championship. Mm, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think Nagy is the um, the, the, the questionable uh, piece right now in the whole organization. And on that note, how soon do you think Justin Fields will start under center, in your opinion? Man, I couldn't tell you that. Um, I, honestly, <laughs> I, I would just have it the whole year, you know, because uh, the Bears are not in a situation where, you know, the, the the Bears can win nine games and still win the NFC, you know, compete for the NFC. Because, I mean, the, the Packers, who knows what the, the question is, what the heck are the Packers going to do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it is, it is uh, Aaron Rodgers going to tank it or he's going to kill it, you know, so you never know. So the. But other than that, you know, the, the Lions and the Vikings, you know, who cares about them? Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's going to be a question whether Aaron Rodgers wants to compete for another Super Bowl before he leaves Green Bay or, um, you know, 
Um, to see if the Bears then the, and the Bears have to be able to run the football too. So yeah, that's the biggest question mark. You know, we've been watching yeah. a lot of what's going on with with Rodgers and the Packers. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, talk right now about this potentially being his last season. Do you think that that's something that's actually possible? Do you think could you ever see Aaron Rodgers on another team? I mean, God, yeah. I mean, you saw Tom Brady on another team, team. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I mean, whoever thought they see Tom Brady in another jersey? Yeah, nobody. It's, it's that's it's it's absolutely more than logical to see uh, to foresee Aaron Rodgers in another jersey. You know? And uh, pay the same thing with Peyton Manning. So yeah, that's true. You that's know, true. anybody can anybody can go, man. No, nobody's uh, nobody's that protected where they're going to play with their. So you you know the, it's, it's funny that you that you bring up Manning in that in that fashion because he was um I want to say that we were get, they were getting ready to do the Hall of Fame speeches and Tom Brady said that hey I'm gonna be there for Manning I got to make sure that this guy's retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Marcus, tell us about your youth football program. Yeah, it's not youth; it's uh, post grad. So our right. kids are uh, graduating from high school. They're between the ages of uh, seventeen and twenty-two, twenty-three. Okay, okay. Uh, so all of our kids are, you know, done with high school, and they just want a gap year between high school and college, you know, to 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 get their skill set level where it needs to be to get a scholarship. So, um, you know, we take our guys on; they stay with us. Uh, we, we train them. We give them a, um, you know, we give them the resources and the the knowledge they need to, um, you know, elevate their game and get noticed by college coaches finally. So a lot of our guys, uh, you know, had little to no interest out of high school and then they mm-hmm. leave our program and they're, you know, they leave with division two and division one offers. So, I mean, to, um, to it's be, a good opportunity. To be fair, anyone born in the nineties and two thousands are children. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said youth, though. So, I mean, that's, I, 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 well, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Yeah. What inspired you to start a program like this, and, and what's the goal that you hope to achieve? So, there, there's not a lot of uh, junior college football um, in the Midwest anymore, especially in state of Illinois. Um, so, uh, the post-grad model was something that we found, uh, from the East coast. Okay. Uh, the East coast has had a lot of thriving, uh, post-grad programs that a lot of, uh, you know, former, um, college and pro athletes, uh, attended, you know, just to give them that gap year, uh, you know, to get their grades in order, to get themselves bigger, stronger, faster, mm-hmm. uh, before they went to college. So we just took that model and thought it'd be successful here in the Midwest and, uh, Eight years later, yeah, we we've got probably over you know two hundred kids in the school somewhere. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Hey everybody, we're gonna take a pause for the cause, and we'll hear more from Marquis Sullivan in stirring the pot. Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh gear from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create simple, classic clothing that represents their South Side Chicago lifestyle. With products like hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and glassware. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. Check out gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% your entire order. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fan Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z with our guest host, Gigantor. Yo, yo. 
<laughs> All right, fellas, it's that time again. Uh oh. It's that time again, brother. It's time for stirring the pot. Oh boy. We have our guest, Marcus Sullivan, with us today. We're going to talk about one of our most controversial topics of all time. Uh-oh. On the way to the studio today, I stopped by by a local establishment. I'm not going to give them a name until they sponsor us because <laughs> they're not returning my phone calls. <laughs> and I picked up some specialty donuts. Uh-huh. So, gentlemen, I'm going to ask all of you, jelly donuts, is that a yay or a nay? Go ahead. Nay for me. E? No, you said jelly donuts. Jelly donuts. Jelly. Nah, nah, nah. When I was a kid, yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. E. No, oh. no, I'm not going jelly. I'm not going jelly. You're not I'll, going I'll, jelly. I'll do custard. You do custard. I'll do custard like, mm. a, like surprising. A Boston, a Boston cream. Shut <laughs> the hell. Oh, hell no. You walked into that. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I, I still once in a while I will. Fancy because there's a Dunkin' Donuts right next to the school I teach at, so I will get a jelly donut uh, once in a while. But is it my favorite? Is my go-to? No. So, Gigantor, what is your go-to donut? I used to do Bavarian cream, but I think Boston oh, another cream. one. Boston cream is the way to go. <laughs> uh, e. Yeah, I mean Boston cream. Like if I'm going to Dunkin', I'm getting a Boston cream and a double chocolate. So I'm like, I'm if I'm gonna be fat today, I'm gonna be all the way fat. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right there. Marcus, what is your go-to donut? The go-to donut, I get man, regular old glaze, man. There you go, go classic, yeah. Well, you have a you have yeah, a special classic, spot. Yeah, you have a special spot you go to. Yeah, man, I, I got a few. Oh boy, t- <laughs> tell us about it. We need to, we need new donut places. Yeah, I, I think that donuts is my favorite on uh, Cottage Grove. Okay, okay. Um, and then I do like Fleckenstein's and uh, Mokina. I do like their their donuts as well. All right. So all right. I, I try I try to avoid Dunkin' Donuts at all costs. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they're everywhere. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I like the mom and pop places, man. They 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 just put more effort and uh, you know love into those donuts. Yes, you can definitely taste the love when someone uh, a family member makes them. So hold hold on hold on because let me tell you something. <laughs> oh boy! So when we when we get these specialty donuts, what yes, we, what, what we like to do is we like to take a little knife and cut them up into sections so everyone gets a chance to have a taste, right? Mm-hmm. And one of them donuts that right. we literally just ate about ten minutes ago. That had jelly in it. That was not jelly. Oh, boy. We got our food kind of sore yeah, here. That, that was strawberry compote. I'm telling you. Man, get the fuck out of here. That was <laughs> jelly. It's What are you talking about? It's what, what? Come on, man. Like, I had the same donut that you did. Don't tell me that's not jelly. And it was good, so you can't front like it wasn't. It was it, good. It was tasty. It was a very good but it jelly was donut. What was it? Raspberry, was it? It was fresh strawberry. It was strawberry? Uh-huh. Sliced. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. If you look at it, actually, if you taste it again, but if you look at it, the uh, liquid was like a syrup, so it was like a consistency, and it wasn't chunky like jelly is. So it's a compote. It's yeah. what they put on top of it's the, it's chunky with chunks waffles. of fruit in it. That's fucking jelly. It I don't care. Okay, <laughs> hey, guess what? Guess what? I'll give you a cat. It's not jelly. It's jam. If ain't jelly, it's jam. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? All right, check it out. Check it out. Now that we know that I am obviously officially the winner once again. No. Uh, <laughs> <negative>. <laughs> All right, y'all. Before we go, I got a question. Yes, sir. And it's what you're looking at. What are you watching that isn't sports? So I'm going to tell you right now. Everyone is watching the new Suicide Squad movie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I really enjoyed it. I had a different uh, feel to it. Had uh, had more like 
obviously it had a more of a Marvel mm-hmm. feel to it because of the, forget the director. Uh-huh. Uh, I really enjoyed John Cena in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought he did a, a great job for one of his first major movies. Marcus, I, I was kind of scrolling through your uh, Twitter timeline, and I did see that you mentioned that you did watch that uh, new Suicide, Suicide Squad movie. What did you think of it? Yeah, man, they did a complete 180 from the you know, first one, man. It, oh, was, yeah. uh, it was really great to see them do Suicide Squad justice, man. It was, uh, and like I said from my tweet, I think any of the main characters, you know, like uh, John C.S. characters and Red Catching 2, all of them, they can all, you know, from that movie, I'd be interested to see any one of their own spinoff movies. So yeah. it, it was that good, you know. So they, they did a real good job of telling stories, backstories of all the main characters. So it was really cool to see. They did a good job, really good job with that movie. G as our local uh, comic book nerd. Yes. That's you. Tell us, what do you think? I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was very light. It's one of those popcorn flicks you want to go check out. Don't go in there with huge expectations and you'll love it. Go in there with the huge expectations. You're still going to like it. So definitely check it out. Um, good storylines, good backstories. I think it's a very, very good contrast from the first one that came out a couple years ago. And I really enjoyed it a lot. Did you guys see the post credits? Yes. I, yeah, I, uh-huh. I watched it. Yeah, this, yeah. this is what I'll say. I didn't really watch the first one because it was one It was one of them movies where I put it on and about 10 minutes in, it was nap time, night-night. <laughs> so, like, that that right there tells me I might give it another chance at give some it another, point. Give now, it another Now go. that I watched this one that was yes. actually entertaining, yes. yeah. maybe I'll go back and watch the other one. But I will say, yes, it's because of the director. Yes, it's because the first actor that you see on the screen, it, it gave me a little bit of that Guardians of the Galaxy vibe. There was some definitely some shout-outs to two guardians in that mm-hmm. movie so i i really enjoyed it i i watched the first half at like one o'clock in the morning and i stopped <laughs> when i started falling asleep because i knew i wanted to watch the rest and I've, i caught the rest of this morning um very very entertaining great characters uh good writing it, the, the voice cast for some of the non-human characters there you go. was very good so uh I, i'm i'm with it I, I thought it was i thought it was really good so i, I wanted I, I would say that uh, all four of us uh, give this one a thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah give it a sure. thumbs up. All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. All right, y'all. I want to give a special thanks to our guest today, Marcus Sullivan. Thank you so much for being with us and telling us about your uh, your football career, man. I really appreciate you having me, guys. Anytime you want me to come back, I, uh, no, I'd love to be back. Oh, we're definitely going to hit you we'll up for football season. Yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. All right, cool. all right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget, don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast T-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 at checkout for fifteen percent off of your entire order. That's TrueFan15. Go and get your shirts right now. No, and don't forget to visit our new friends at acsi.tech and check out the career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry shout out to mike logic and ideal check their podcast the all net podcast available every other monday during the nba season and don't forget to check out the shine native radio podcast now available on all major platforms mike logic ideal throw mc and words talk about sports movies and all types of ill shit go and check them out right now Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to Panic for the beats we played on today's show. Check out PanicOnTheBeat.com for all your Moleman merch and gear. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at TrueShyFans on Twitter. That's at True 
CHI fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us. Hit us up. Hit those DMs. Give us your stirring the pot, your movie recommendations, and tell us what you think about uh, all this crazy Chicago baseball. Uh, We want to hear from you guys, and don't forget you can reach us at truechicagosportsfans at gmail.com. All right, y'all. For Big Z and Gigantor, this is E-Rock. We will see you next week for episode 58. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Stay safe, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. A few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. That's all. Oh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes. We'll eat that poppers.